Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas. It is the Bud Light Big Game Week. Uh, Michael Phillips giving his strong take on Cliff Kingsbury. Does not want him to be the guy. I think, look, I, I think I made it very clear. Part of the reason that I'm all in on Cliff Kingsbury is because it's already created this rumor storm on social media about Caleb Williams coming to Washington. And I've made it very clear. I believe Caleb Williams is the home run draft pick of this year's quarterback class. So if Cliff Kingsbury is going to help you make the decision to move up to get Caleb Williams and then team those guys back up with each other, I think that's a home run hire right there. As earlier this week, it was announced, last week it was announced Dan Quinn was hired, and then yesterday it was announced Cliff Kingsbury will be hired as the team's next OC. And I'm reacting to that, and I believe that this is a commander's team here that's building an organization the right way. And that's what I wanted us to do this offseason. I just wanted us to build it the right way, following the correct order of operations that makes NFL organizations successful. You hire your GM, Adam Peters. Home run hire. The right guy for the job, up-and-coming assistant GM that is ready for this opportunity in Washington. What's next? You interview plenty of head coaching candidates. Now, you may not have gotten your number one choice. We will find out over the next few weeks here, and maybe even later today as Josh Harris takes the podium, uh, we expect with Dan Quinn at 2.30. We'll air it here on 910 The Fan. But they might not have gotten their not top choice at head coach, right? I think they wanted Ben Johnson. They didn't get him. But they got a top choice around NFL circles, a proven winner. Yes, a retread, but one who certainly deserves another opportunity because this is a teacher. He's a great coach who can really coach up the defensive side of the ball. And I told you guys, I strongly believe the quickest way to being competitive in the NFL is to having a great defense. Check that off the board, right? Next was Dan Quinn hiring his offensive and defensive coordinators based on his connections. And a lot of people that believe in Dan Quinn are rooting for him to succeed and that leads him to having this great circle of connections that ends up bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. And everybody told me Cliff is a quarterback whisperer. Will he be successful in Washington this season? We don't know. But I do know that he has a track record of training young quarterbacks. And that's perfect, right? You didn't get the offensive-minded coach that many wanted in Ben Johnson. But you may have gotten the best offensive coordinator candidate on the market. A former head coach makes him fully qualified from his time in Arizona. And he comes in with a lot of experience, both at the college and the NFL level. And I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. That's another thing about this hire that I like. A lot of people say, oh, well, the problem is when you get a Dan Quinn, if your offense becomes successful, your OC will then be given a head coaching opportunity. I don't think Kingsbury is getting another head coaching opportunity for a few years, which would hopefully line up for him to build with this young quarterback that the commanders draft, train him, get him going, and then you can move on. And by that time, hopefully, we have another guy waiting in the wing as the commanders hire Cliff Kingsbury, and then Joe Witt comes in as the defensive coordinator. We all know Cliff from the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it was announced yesterday from Peter Schrager of NFL Network reporting that he has taken the job here in Washington. And look, May not have had the best record in Arizona, 28-37-1 throughout the, that time there. 
but he was already expected to join the Raiders as their offense coordinator earlier this week. So it's not like they pulled this candidate out of thin air and said, oh, yeah, we're going to pluck you from USC and you're going to come here to Washington. This is a guy that was going to get an NFL job either this season or next season. He comes to Washington. Obviously, there's going to be their challenges. I think he's going to like working with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. The question mark? Is the quarterback position. I mean, we saw how badly Sam Howell faded during the stretch of the season. Ended up leading the NFL with 21 interceptions. Well, that's a fifth-round draft pick right there. Now the Commanders are going to have number two overall pick in this draft to address the quarterback situation. Jahan Dotson chimed in on social media. He said it's super tough, loves the hire of Cliff Kingsbury. Brian Robinson posted three fire emojis. I think Cliff could unlock Brian Robinson's ability to be a dual threat running back. This season we saw a lot of Brian Robinson catching the ball out of the backfield, not as much running it between the tackles. That's what I hope Kingsbury should be able to do. And then you even had USC Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams saying a strong congratulations to Cliff on Instagram as Cliff spent the past season with Caleb at USC. And that's why I mentioned the rumors of Caleb Williams to D.C. are on fire right now. And that is why I'm all in on this hire. Because I've been saying I'm a Caleb guy. Michael, I'm a Caleb guy. I'm all in on Caleb. If Cliff gets you Caleb, if Cliff gives Peters the confidence to move up and trade Caleb, then I've gotten exactly what I wanted this offseason. How far would you go to trade up for Caleb? How, like Not RG3 level. That's what I'm wondering. Like if, if the, Bear, the Bears are going to have a lot of offers, if the Bears want two first-rounders next the next two years, like if, if they want to swap to two and another first-rounder, and another one? That might be too much. That's too much. That, that's too much. That That's RG3 level. Yeah. Look, one, uh, that's, we'll give that's, away next year's first rounder? Yes, but that's for Adam Peters to figure out here. He's he's has a track record of trading back in the draft. Yes. He could trade up as well. That's why I like this whole situation. I'm going back to my same opinion. Everybody can do their job. Peters is in charge of the draft. If he hits the home run in the draft, to me, that's moving up to one and getting Caleb Williams, pairing him with your OC, letting your head coach focus his attention to being a leader and the defensive side of the ball. That needs to improve and needs to improve the most. I mean, I really believe that Dan Quinn can make sure we improve defensively and then offensively. It's up to it's up to Cliff to create some good-looking plays here. And like I said, he's been cited with helping Case Keenum, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and now Caleb Williams. I'd l- I want to ask Patrick Mahomes, who's more responsible for your success, success Kingsbury or Bieniemy? That's just, a great question. Just feels like we, we we tried out the Patrick Mahomes quotes a lot. I would love like and he'd never do it, but I would love like a head to head like here's who like really really helped me the most. really helped me the most, right? Yeah. So well, let's like- hear from Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl winning quarterback, who will be here in Vegas. Uh, he's already here in Vegas. The the plane has landed, but here is Patrick Mahomes talking about Cliff Kingsbury. It's someone who's taught me a ton. He, he got me kind of out of high school where I was a baseball player trying to play football and basically trying to be on my own. You go, you're leaving the household and kind of being on your own, and he helped me become uh, who I am today. Was that your junior year? Were they sort of the first on board? They were, they were really the first and only because I, I didn't get recruited by, by much. I mean, I got a couple other offers uh, from uh, some smaller schools. They were the one school uh, I credit, credit to Kingsbury. He was the one that came down, saw me, talked to me. Things you can quantify, things you can point to to say, here's how he helped me? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you see it with a lot of young quarterbacks is whenever they get to a coach, they kind of try to 
restrict them and kind of make them be this model of how, how the quarterback position is supposed to be played. And I think he was early in the game of just saying, hey, let's let's maximize your strengths. He would teach me here and there how to kind of be more mechanical and get in the pocket in the fundamentals of the game, but he didn't. He never restricted who I was. But it, it was something where I could have went somewhere and they could have tried to make me this pocket quarterback. He let me be who I was kind of on and off the field, and it helped me become the player that I am. So Kingsbury picked out Patrick Mahomes from high school, turns him into the quarterback that we all know him to become here with Kansas City. I like how Kingsbury has experience working with these dual-threat quarterbacks, and that's most likely who commanders are going to draft. If they move up for Caleb Williams or if they sit there at two, I think there's a stronger chance that it's Jane Daniels than a Drake May. Completely agree, and you know I'm a big Jane Daniels guy, and I, I love – right, I, I think you need a quarterback like that in the modern NFL. If you're going to get a Drake May, and this isn't a judgment on him, you have to be spectacular. If yeah. you're going to be that style of guy, Justin Herbert style, right? Justin Herbert's the comp. If you're going to be a Justin Herbert guy, you've got to be spectacular to make it in the NFL because even Justin Herbert, like, spectacular, but the ability to move, the ability to extend plays, that's just that's crucial in the NFL right now. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here for the Bud Light Big Game Week. Five live shows from Vegas ahead of the Chiefs against the 49ers in the big game coming up this weekend. So last week on Thursday, the Commanders made their head coaching search come to an end with the hire of Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn will be announced at the podium today with his introductory press conference at 2.30. You can hear it right here on 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. But let's take a listen to your new head coach, Dan Quinn, and his message to the fan base. Commander fans, what's up? This is Dan Quinn, and uh, I could not be more fired up to hang with you guys uh, in the months ahead uh, at FedEx Field and get this place absolutely rocking. So today's the first day uh, when all this starts coming together. So I can't wait to meet you in person. Let's get it rocking. So over, so over the weekend, Dan Quinn completed his search for the next OC and DC of the Washington Commanders with Joe Witt and Cliff Kingsbury being hired. What do you think of the hires at head coach OC and DC? Give us your thoughts. 833-804-0910 here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, so look, I'll tell you how I honestly feel about Dan Quinn being hired, and I really am cool with it. I I understand the commanders did not get their top choice. And, you know, more is coming out throughout the uh, last few days here and, and will continue to come out about this awkward situation with Ben Johnson, supposedly his agent texting the commanders mid-flight that he is pulling out of the competition, the co- head coaching vacancy here in D.C. He chose to be loyal and stay in Detroit. I think two things can be true. Dan Quinn was not the top choice, but I think Dan Quinn is also a good hire. I truly believe that. He's not the sexy offensive mind people were clamming for, and I think so many fans just wanted this quick fix, right? We get Ben Johnson and the number two overall pick in the draft. We're going to use that young offensive mind, pair him up with a quarterback we just draft, and do what C.J. Stroud and the Texans did. And that's great, but you got to get lucky. 
right? Because the Panthers thought they were thought they were doing that with Frank Reich and Bryce Young. They drafted him number one at all, and it just did not work out at all. You got to get lucky in the draft, right? And so, I, like I've been saying, I believe the quickest way in the NFL to be competitive is to build up on your defense. Yes, Washington will try to land their quarterback. They're going to try to do that, just like every team in the NFL is trying to nail the franchise quarterback. But I think this is an offseason here where Washington can build a strong defense with six picks in the first 102, plus $90 million in cap space. Dan Quinn can build this roster back up after Ron Rivera completely tore it down. And Ron Rivera claims that he fixed the culture and that the roster is better than before he got here, and I just completely disagree. What I'm excited about with Dan Quinn is I think this is a guy that can be everything we hoped Ron Rivera could be, right? A guy that's going to be a leader of men, that is going to change the culture here in Washington, who will draft and develop high-level defensive players, right? We've drafted a lot of good defensive players. We never developed them. They haven't turned in it, turned into anything yet. And in my lifetime of Washington, the commanders, they've been at their best when the defense is legit because we've never had a quarterback. I'm 31 years old now. We've been searching for this franchise quarterback for years. But when our defense is top 10, that's when we've had some success at times. It was Todd Collins that put Washington in one of their best places that they've been in my lifetime, getting to the playoffs and winning a game with a strong defense. So that's what I'm hoping Dan Quinn can do, right? And I love his history in this league. Part of the Legion of Boom in Seattle, some of the best secondary uh, play we've seen for a long period of time there in Seattle. Then in Atlanta, we all knew about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, but the Falcons' defense flew all over the field the year they made it to the Super Bowl. And then in the past three years in Dallas, a ton of success, a bunch of playmakers, Micah Parsons, Bland, Diggs, Lawrence, just a bunch of studs there that, yes, Dallas drafted, and then Dan Quinn developed to fix, to fix his scheme. And, look, I think he's the right coach for the right time. Maybe he doesn't last here 10 years. Maybe he doesn't even last five. But he can right the ship that Ron Rivera wronged. This was a sinking ship under Ron Rivera, and the reason you can say that is because they went backwards. You cannot regress as a head coach. You cannot go 7 and 9 and then 4 and 13 the next year. That's completely unacceptable. My expectations for Dan Quinn are for him to improve this team every single year based on how many wins and losses. Now, he needed to hail, nail the offense coordinator hire. You can give us your opinion on Cliff Kingsbury 8338040910. I think it's a good hire and I think it moves us into the next step of the process here. We hired a GM, got that right. We hired a coach. Next, we fill out the OC and the DC positions with Dan Quinn. Then you got to hit in the draft. You got to hit in free agency. You got to hit with your scouting in what I believe is the most important offseason in the past 20 years for the Washington Commanders. This is the season here where we've got to hit on every single thing and follow the correct order of operations with hiring the GM, who then hires the head coach, who then brings in his staff who then drafts a quarterback to match the staff that they bring in. That's why I'm hyped for Kingsbury, because it's lead, letting, leading to all these rumors about Caleb Williams, who I've been saying for months, I believe, is a home run hire. I believe that Caleb Williams will be a pro bowler in the next five years. I put my NFL quarterback evaluating career on the line. I will not be talking about quarterbacks ever again if Caleb doesn't become a stud and a pro bowler in the NFL. So Dan Quinn can lead this team. And he can focus on the defensive side of the ball. And Joe Witt, who he brought in, is a really smart mind on the defensive side and has worked really well with secondary, with corners and safeties. And that's a big question mark for the commanders next season. Are we going to re-sign Cam Curl? 
are the commanders going to get improved play from Benjamin St. Juice and Emmanuel Forbes, two guys that they were high on at the start of last season, and then it just didn't work out? Are we going to draft another safety? Will Derek Forrest take a step forward? Can we get decent middle linebacker play, which has really held the commander's defense back in the last few years, and Dan Quinn's defense, when it's at its best, has very athletic middle linebackers. So I expect them to fix that hole in the offseason here with free agency or with the NFL draft. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I thought Michael Phillips had a really good guest on his show, uh, Bo, who talked about Cliff Kingsbury from his time covering him with the Arizona Cardinals. Let's take a listen to Bo on Kingsbury. Do we have that clip, Stubb? I'd love to hear his take but the thing on about Cliff is I think he kind of peaked in 2021. Him and Kyler Murray, they went 7 and 0 to start the season and then things fell apart. The league adjusted and Cliff never adjusted back. And I think that's where he kind of falls short as far as a play caller. Can he adjust? That's the question. He's obviously had success in this league. He called it out right there. Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury and and Kyler Murray got to a 7 and 0 record. Now the season completely fell apart, and they didn't have success. And he eventually would lose his job and go to Thailand. And we don't know what the hell he did in Thailand, but he hung out there with his super hot girlfriend and then eventually got back into college football at USC and worked with Caleb Williams. But he had success at a time here. And then I believe part of the reason why he didn't adjust is because it was too big of a role for him. Kind of kind of the similar situation with Ron Rivera. I think Ron has more success over the past four seasons in Washington if he wasn't told to also be the GM, all right, and also, you know, help out in the draft and also uh, do a hundred other things like help change the name, right? You know, Ron was wearing way too many hats. We understand that. Cliff Kingsbury comes in with less pressure now, right? Dan Quinn's the man. Dan Quinn is the guy that's going to get all the heat when the commanders lose. Kingsbury just has to focus on building up an offense and working well with the young quarterback, whether it's Sam Howell, Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels. Let's go to the phone lines, 833-804-0910. Do you like the hire? 833-804-0910. We've got Will in Richmond. Will, you're on the fan. Uh, yes, how you doing? Um, What's up, I Will? I do like the hire. Uh, I'm fine. How you doing? I do like the hire, but I'm more of a JT Daniels guy over um, – Caleb Williams, because I like JT Daniels' upside, so I feel as though, you know, he can get a little bit stronger, you know, get better at reading defense, but I like his athleticism. I, I, I agree with you. There, there's a lot to like there with his athleticism. We've heard the comparisons to Lamar Jackson, and that's the other thing why I think Kingsbury is such a good hire. It doesn't have to be Caleb, but I do think it has to be a dual-threat style of quarterback from his history of working with Kyler Murray, working with Patrick Mahomes, working with Caleb Williams. So whether it's Caleb or Jaden Daniels uh, or another quarterback yeah. out there, right, it's going to be a guy yeah. that they believe can run and throw. And so that's why yeah, I like this hire. How, how do NFL. you respond to – yeah, how, Will, I mean, how would you respond to the guest that Michael Phillips had who, who just said, look, Cliff's biggest issue was he didn't adjust when the NFL adjusted to his offense. Yeah, that was, that was, that was huge, too. I, and I agree. They went 7-0. and And then when the defensive coordinators make a, made adjustments, he was still stuck in the same mode. So I agree. Um, that's a concern. Will he be able to adjust on the NFL level? You know, his second, his second chance, his second opportunity. But I think he'll be able to adjust. 
Yeah, I think he'll be able to adjust because that's all he'll be focusing on. I loved the article I read last night on him. This is a Kingsbury. Kingsbury is a guy that, at least at Texas mm -hmm. Tech and at Arizona with the Cardinals, would show up at 4 a.m. And he'd be there, and he'd be the last person to leave the building. I appreciate you chiming in. Let's go back to the phone lines here. We've got Tony in Richmond. Tony, do you like the hire? Hey, hey what's going on, Eli? Uh, as far as the hire goes, I mean. What's up, dude? It's okay. It's, it's okay. I mean, as far as Cliff Kingsbury goes, I mean, all the fans that I've listened to on all the radio stations that complaining about the same thing about EB. He's not consistent. He doesn't run the ball. Right. Well, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't run the ball at all. So I'm confused as far right. as the hire goes, as far as from an offensive standpoint. You know, then as far as when you were saying as far as about Caleb Williams and everybody's talking about these quarterbacks, we have an entire year of film on Sam. Like, if, Sam, if we go out here and draft a quarterback second and jump out here, who's to say Caleb's going to be great? Who's to say this Drake May is going to be great? Then he goes to camp and Sam beats him out. Then, then what? This guy almost threw for 4,000-some yards, 20-some touchdowns with, with nothing. No running game, no nothing. Yeah. I say we go into the draft, will and deal the second pick, get the best offensive lineman we can get, get more players, draft the quarterback later on, whether it be Bo Nix or whoever. I don't care about Drake May, Caleb Williams, any of those guys. We have to get our team back straight, and it starts with the offensive line. We have to get that straight. We have to address that. And they're talking about us giving up Deron Payne and players to, to, to move up with the Bears. Why would we, why would we do it? It's the same story. We need to build our team yeah. and get it straight. You know what I mean? Like, if Caleb Williams ended up being great, yeah. Drake, no, Drake, you're, so you're, you're 100% right with that. Yeah. No, you're you know, right. So I mean, we, need, to, we have so many holes that we need eight. to fill here. Yeah, man, we got a lot of holes. Suppose we go and count. We take one of these quarterbacks, and Sam goes out here and, and dices these guys up. We already know when he can. He, maybe he's not the sexy guy, but we already know. Everything was great. Everybody was riding Sam until everything fall, fell apart when the offensive line couldn't block anybody. False starts on every first down. So I'm, I'm a little confused with the fan base. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's younger guys I'm, or older uh, yeah. guys, but I'm a little confused, man, because I'm trying to build this team so we can be good for a while, not pick a guy just because, oh, it's going to be the same thing next year. What about Arch Manning? He's coming out. You don't think good. anybody's going to be clamoring about him? I mean, it's a lot of dudes coming out. Like, I'm ready to just build right. this team and get it right. I'm, I'm tired of this grab-bagging guys, holding this. Because we already see we got a whole year of tape on Sam. A whole year. So what do we do? What do you think? No, good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. There's there's two ways you can look at it, right? Because you're right. We have to fix the offensive lineman issue here. And I, it's hard to really judge Sam Howe based on the fact that, number one, he was running for his life, right? More sacks than any quarterback in the NFL. Part of that's on him, right? I thought he adjusted at times throughout the year and was able to have better pocket presence. But then at times, his internal clock sped up and he was leaving the pocket too quick. The offensive line play was bad. But then it's also hard to judge Sam Howe when your defense was literally 32nd in the NFL. So there's two ways to look at it this offseason. Number one, you could say, hey, let's run it back with Sam. Let's build up the offensive line and see what happens. Or let's move on from Sam. Let's take a shot at a quarterback with the number two overall pick. I'm believing in Adam Peters here. Adam Peters was the home run hire at GM. If he believes that we need to go get a quarterback, that's what we're going to do. If he thinks, hey, 
We're going to give Sam Howell an opportunity. I'm cool with that. I'm trusting this process, and we'll see how it plays yeah. out. If you want to yeah, chime yeah, in, 833-804-0910. Yeah, Tony, uh, we got to take a quick commercial break here. We'll take more of your phone calls, 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD on the fan, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here for the Bud Light Big Game Week 5 live shows from Vegas. And we got a very special guest joining us right now, fantasy football expert and diehard Commanders fan, Matthew Barry. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Hail the Commanders. Hail victory. How many, how many Radio Rows have you done now? Uh, in, ter- in terms of years? Yeah. 10, 12, yeah. 15, something. A long time. I came to ESPN in 2007. And probably didn't get out to the Super Bowl. I think it's probably some probably 2009. So what? How long is that? Yeah, 14 a, years or so. 14 probably. years, and I've missed a year. T- I missed a year for the birth of my daughters, and so like you know, so yeah, probably like 12 or 13. I love that. So this is my first radio row experience here. I just think it's so cool how you got like every single TV station around the outside. Oh yeah, and it'll fill up. Like this is a Monday morning, and so there's not a lot of people here. You'll see by like. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday and Friday will be crazy here today. Uh, Absolutely, at Radio Row, just you know, uh, especially because it's it's always crazy because it's the Super Bowl, and especially as it gets closer, you've got a lot of people that want to you know uh, promote their products, promote their shows, promote whatever, and then you've got you've got a you know you've got a great matchup uh, between two teams, and it's Vegas. Who doesn't want to go to Vegas? Yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of players, celebrities, spokespeople that normally would skip the Super Bowl, are like oh, I'll, I'll go to Vegas on somebody's dime for a couple of days. You know, so um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. So we've been taking phone calls all show long, mm-hmm. a little bit of back and forth. Some people really like Cliff Kingsbury as the sure. hire. A lot of people against it. What do you think? I'm so more in between. Really? Yeah. I mean, I like. So here's the positives of Cliff Kingsbury is that I think uh, young quarterbacks like him. If we start with a premise that like we believe that it's going to whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or maybe Jaden Daniels, but the commanders are going to use their first-round pick this year on a franchise quarterback. And who helps develop that quarterback is vastly important, above all else, right? He is good at that. Kyler Murray was Offensive Rookie of the Year when he was drafted by Cliff Kingsbury. And I think people forget Kingsbury took over the Cardinals, and the year before the organization, Arizona, had used a top-10 overall pick on Josh Rosen. That's right. And... He was like, and people were like, well, you taken Kyler and everything like that. What about Josh Rosen? Don't you need to, you know, fix Josh Rosen? And you used a first-round pick on this guy. And Cliff Kingsbury stuck to his guns. Is like, absolutely not. I'm, I'm using the number one overall pick. I don't care that we used a first-round pick last year on Josh Rosen. We're drafting Kyler Murray, and we're drafting him number one overall. And obviously, history has proven that was the right, that was the right decision, you know, in a significant way. And so I think he can sort of point to that, and he can sport, point to the fact that, you know, Kyler Murray's become one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL and his development. And just, you know, as you talk to quarterbacks, like Caleb Williams, obviously, is a huge fan of Cliff as well. And yeah. so I think that is really, really um, a positive. If there's a negative here, you know, like as a head coach, he, the, the results haven't been there. His, his offenses overall in Arizona were middle of the pack if you start looking at the numbers. You know, he runs a lot of four wide, and you sort of look at the personnel and, like, is he going to be a coach that comes in and says, what's the, what's the best thing I can do for the commander's offense? 
All right, I got Terry McLaurin. I got Jahan Dotson, right? I got, I got two good running backs in Robinson and Gibson. What can I do here? Or is it going to be like, I'm, I don't care. We're doing, we're doing my air raid offense, and, you know, we'll figure it out. And sorry, but Byron Pringle's going to, you know, run a route on 70% of snaps. And you're like, what are we doing here, people? So yeah. it's, that's, that's the one concern uh, that I have uh, there is, you know, will he, will he adapt to the personnel that we have? Um, or will it just be sort of we're going to run our offense? I remember I tweeted something out about Kingsbury being hired, and uh, one of my followers tweeted back, he, you know, because I was like, I think I can get into this. And one of my tweet, uh, one of my followers tweeted back, he says, wait till he turns Jahan Dotson into Rondell Moore. You'll think twice. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know what? Fair. Yeah. Right? So. Well, you mentioned the Josh Rosen thing. There, that might happen with Sam Howell, right, where right. it's like, hey, you could have had a guy that wants to fix him. He's going to come in and say, no, I'm probably going to draft Caleb or Jaden Daniels, work with a guy that I want to work with. The reason I really like Kingsbury is Dan Quinn will focus on the defensive Correct. side of the ball. And Cl- Kingsbury didn't work in Arizona. Probably he's not a good leader of men, yeah. right? And that's the word they kept using. So if he's just focusing on the offensive side of the ball, I think he's a good offensive mind. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like there are a lot of people in the NFL that are really good coordinators that shouldn't be head coaches. I think Josh McDaniels is sort of the poster boy for that. Right. Yeah. Josh, like you know, like it hasn't worked out as a head coach for Josh McDaniels, but you can't tell me Josh McDaniels doesn't know how to call an offense. Right. He does. Right. And you know what? On the defensive side of the ball, Vic Fangio is an, is is a guy, right? You know that uh, that hasn't worked out as a head coach, but is a great defensive coordinator. And so, and right and. To date, that's been the knock on Dan Quinn. Great. I mean, no one questions his defensive coordinator, you know, credentials. He was great in Dallas. He was great in Seattle. It's jury's out on whether he can be a head coach. We'll see second time around if it works out for him. But there are players, there are people that are better as coordinators than they are as head coaches. And I think, um, to your point, I think Kingsbury will be better as a head as a as a coordinator than having to worry about all the things that a head coach has to work about, which is worry about, which is really like being the CEO of a company. Yeah. Like, and you're having to deal with the media in a way, and you're having to deal with, you know, you know, hey, when are we eating? I mean, like, just, <laughs> no, but dumb stuff like that. Hey, when do you want the team bus to leave? Well, you know, do you, when do you want to arrive in the, you know, the, the city? And it's just a bunch of dumb BS that, um, <laughs> that you have to deal with there. So that's the hope there. Uh, th- that's a big question. You bring up Howell. What you do with Sam Howell? It's interesting. Uh, I think Sam Howell. We, we we had this conversation on my show on on uh, Fantasy Football Happy Hour that I do for NBC Sports and Peacock. Yeah. And I said, like, I think as of right now, I think Sam Howell is a top twenty-ish quarterback in the NFL. I, like, there were some, you know, play got worse towards the as the season went on, but also like every game he made some throws. You're like, damn. Yeah. He made some plays and he made some throws and again bad offensive line and the team was you know somewhat dysfunctional. It's and hard to judge him when the defense is last place. Last place, you're constantly in you're constantly in negative game script. It felt like Ron had checked out for much of the season yeah. and you know so I don't know that you, and it's his first year as a starter. Um, so I'm a I'm a Sam Howell believer, uh, and so there's a school of thought where you know hey why don't you just you know, having multiple quarterbacks is never a bad thing, right? I mean, think about think about how important it was back in the day when they had RG three and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you know, and everyone thought, why are we drafting our? We just traded up for RG three. Why are we draft using a fourth round pick on Cousins? And like a couple of years later, you're like, thank goodness we did. <laughs> um, so you can never have too many like good quarterbacks or young quarterbacks. But so I know there's that school of thought. But I wonder if there's a school of thought where see what you could get for Howell on a trade Ooh. because there's definitely going to be. 
teams out there that need quarterbacks that, that are going to be starting quarterbacks worse than Sam Howell next year. Yeah. Uh, we're in a league, you know, the NFL, Tim Boyle started three games last year. Right. I mean, I'm, it like, was the year of the backup quarterback. The year of the backup quarterback. And to that point, I wonder if you're better served by seeing what you could get for Howell. Could you get a second or a third for Howell? Probably closer to a third. But could you get something for Howell? And then uh, you keep Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. who is a great, you know, I don't know if Jacoby Brissett wants that. I think Jacoby Brissett will have a very healthy market on the free agency. But, like, the assigned Jacoby Brissett, you know, who could be a good mentor to whoever the new quarterback is and is a very capable backup. And what I'm most excited for with this offseason, I've been calling it the craziest offseason in 30 years for the commanders here, sure. finally the change of ownership. Yes. And then you hire Adam Peters. Do you, is that a home run hire to you? I think that's a home run hire. Right. I was very excited about Adam Peters. I think the jury's still out on, on, um, on Quinn and Kingsbury. I think it seems like from the outside they – you know, they had their set their sights set on Ben Johnson and just ultra focused on that and who knows where and how that went south, but it did and then by the time that went south they were sort of kind of looking around and, and so we'll see. But I think Peters is a home run hire. I'm a big fan of Josh Harris and the new ownership group and so I'm going to to quote one of Harris's other uh, pro teams, I'm going to trust the process. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And the Ben Johnson thing, you know, we all wanted him. They, we were told yeah, sure. that he's the sexy young offensive mind. But at one point, Cliff Kingsbury was that young, sexy offensive oh, sure. mind. Right? So it could be that in three years, we're not talking about Ben Johnson as the next up-and-coming guy. I will say this about Kingsbury, right? I mean, people forget, like, I think it was, I want to say it was his second year. The Cardinals were in first place in the NFL. 7-0. They were 7-0, and and Kingsbury was being talked about as coach of the year. He yeah. was the favorite. He was the betting favorite for coach of the year and then sort of the you know the wheels fell off and they had some injuries and everything like that but yes there was a there was a moment in time so um the fact of the matter is is that he's had some time away from the nfl and i think sometimes that can be good uh it seems like that worked for mike mccarthy yeah i'm not a mike mccarthy fan but you know <laughs> listen i mean that you know the cowboys offense looked great this year yeah it really did dan quinn last thing i want to ask you about him to me it's kind of a pete carroll meets dan campbell Right, like okay. young at heart, backwards hat, can fire these guys up. I think he's going to inspire the team. He is – this is something I said on social, which is uh, Dan Quinn can coach. And I think the big uh, – you know, I got a lot of reactions to people know I'm a Commanders fan, and so, you know, a lot of my fan base will tweet at me Commander stuff. And a lot of people were like, ah, it's Ron Rivera 2.0. It's Rivera right. 2.0. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a head coach that was kind of a 500 guy in the NFC South, not a great division, who had one great year where he went to the Super Bowl – and, you know, and the, and the anti-Quinn argument is, is that those years were all with Kyle Shanahan as his coordinator, right? Yeah. And so the reason I don't think it's, it's, it's uh, Rivera 2.0 is, number one is Adam Peters is going to be in charge of the personnel. Yes. Rivera, you know, from top to bottom had say over everything when he came in. And so, um, and sometimes that's tough. And so Peters, in terms of what he helped build in San Francisco, I think is important. So the fact is, Quinn's is Quinn will obviously have a say in personnel, but it's not going to be just him. And hopefully, he's learned something, you know, uh, um, in his time since he was since he was a head coach. By all accounts, he is a great leader. That players respect him and respond to him in a big way as yeah. well. He's a great motivator. You can't question the numbers on the defense. Although it'd be nice if you know he was bringing Micah Parsons with right, him. He's right. not. <laughs> but still, like I. I, again, like Dan Quinn can coach. It's just the weather. Can he? Can he get them over the hump? Is he the right guy to bring this organization forward? You know, and but I think a lot will be determined on, you know, 
it's not just it's not just the quarterback. Who do we get it to? But you know, we have five picks in the first one hundred. Yeah. We have like you know we're what is it seventy million under the cap? Right. You know we have seventy like. What do we do in free agency? How does that fit? Who do we? Who else do we draft? Like you know, we've got a. The vision has to align where Peters drafts guys that are Dan Quinn develop talent, right? He drafts guys that can work with Kingsbury. It's got to be in line like that. That's correct. I mean Rivera. Like here's the. I mean like, I give Ron Rivera a ton of credit because he came into a situation that was awful and much worse than even we knew at the time, <laughs> right? Just he he inherited just a big bag of, you know. BS. <laughs> BS and. Um, and so, you know, from a culture standpoint, I think he had a great impact and everything like that, right? Um, but the, the the downside is is that, you know, he's a terrible drafter. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, and worse with free agency. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, Jahan Dotson, okay. Um, Cam Curl, maybe Robinson and Gibson. Like, other than those four draft picks in four years, name a pick that, Rivera nailed. Right. You can't. Right. You really can't. And that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, I mean, the, the offensive line is uh, is objectively worse four years later, you know, and not all that's on Rivera. I mean, you know, I, I maintain that not only was Dan Snyder the worst owner in professional sports history, Bruce Allen was the worst general manager. Botching the Trent Williams situation. The, Trent, I mean, there's a million things, but yes, Trent Williams, exactly. Yeah. Like, he, he completely botched that. He, he botched the Cousins thing. Cousins wanted to stay. Cousins actually got along with Snyder. It was Bruce Allen um, mm. that uh, that that killed the the Cousins thing. He just wasn't going to play for Bruce Allen. Yeah, frustrating. But yes, but there's hope. There's hope. It's a new day. I'm trusting the process. I'm very excited. The fact of the matter is, is that I thought I was never going to get rid of Dan Snyder in my lifetime. Right. I thought right. I, thought <laughs> I was going to die a Commanders fan or Washington <laughs> fan, um, and Dan Snyder would still be my owner. And so the fact that I get to enjoy a team that at least I'm a proud to root for, right? Because that was always the thing. Like, you were a Commanders fan, and, you know, like, people know I'm a Commanders fan, and they come up to me and say, hey, did, 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 you, see the, did you see the story? Right, right. And you'd have to be like, which one? Right, right, right. Which scandal? Right. <laughs> which lawsuit? Which investigation? <laughs> which congressional hearing are we talking about this time? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, every day there was a different story and a different DA that was filing a lawsuit and a different scandal. And so... You were embar- and people would be like, oh, you, why do you root for that team? Yeah. And now at least I think you can, you know, there's hope to your point. Matthew, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Always my pleasure. Always happy to talk Commanders. Hail the Commanders. Hail victory. That's Matthew Barry. Follow him on social media, Matthew Barry TMR. Check him out on NBC Sports. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. That's just the beauty of Radio Row. I've been following Matthew Barry, his fantasy advice for a long time. Know he's a diehard Commanders fan. That was an awesome conversation. If you missed any of it, you can rewind on the Odyssey app or check out the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, available for you on your ride home. So we've been spending most of the show talking about the commander's hire, Dan Quinn, uh, Joe Witt, and then Cliff Kingsbury to, uh, yesterday as the offensive coordinator. But we had a big basketball game in the Commonwealth over the weekend with Shoga and Kwani sparking VCU to giving the Richmond Spiders their first A-10 loss of the season. So I wanted to do a little inside the Ram horns here as the 92nd Capital City Classic. 
won by VCU 63-52 to on Saturday. It was a sold-out crowd, and uh, it was an exciting game. Look, in the first half, we're talking about a game here that was a defensive rock fight. We talked all last season about how this VCU team here defensively cannot have breakdowns, right? And the man, if you watch the Richmond offense, it is so much fun to watch. And it's also infuriating seeing how many screens they run. And they run Jordan King in circles to get him open. And then when that happens, when you overload the 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 uh, screen, they go back door. And they started hitting on some back door cuts. But VCU stuck with it. And they really talked and communicated well with their switches, hedging screens. I thought the big men played much better. I'm talking about Christian Furman and Toby Lawal defensively. As the Rams won this game 63-52, to led by Max Sholga and graduate forward Kwani Kwani's 15 points each. As the Rams push past the Spiders in the second half, and that was the best part about this. Yes, it's the Capital City Classic. It's always going to be sold out. It's always going to be an awesome game, but this one had more to the rivalry. Number one, all right, it was the first time you get Coach Odom against Coach Mooney. Coach Odom in his first year, Coach Mooney was not the coach last season for Richmond as he was dealing with that heart issue. Glad to have him back on the court. He's an excellent coach and led the Spiders to an undefeated 8-10 record, 8-0 coming into that game. So you had VCU taking on undefeated Spiders team and also the first player ever to play for both teams in the Capital City Classic. That was Jason Nelson, and I thought he really had a solid game for the Rams. Got another start with Sean Barstow, who was ruled out just before the game. So Jason Nelson, in another start, gets six points, three three rebounds, which is a lot for a small guard, and three assists, including one steal. He had a plus 10 and a plus minus, and in fact, Every person that played for VCU, they only went eight deep against Richmond, had a positive score in the plus-minus. It really was a team effort, right? You got 15 from Sholga, 15 from Kwani Kwani, and they needed those two guys to provide the made free throws and the three-point shooting. But also, like Zeb Jackson, a quiet 7.6 assists, five rebounds, a triple nickel from your captain Zeb Jackson. As a team, they outscored the Spiders 13-0 in terms of bench points. That's Joe Bamisil and Joe uh, Joe Bamisil, Toby Lawal, and Michael Bell combining for 13. Richmond got zero points from their starters. And then just being able to lock down defensively against a guy like Jordan King, who is really impressive with his speed and ball handling. And he can hit a couple tough shots. In fact, all three of his makes, I'd say two of them were tough shots. He did have the one play where he stole the ball and got the layup, but then that was part of the 11-0 personal run by Max Sholga where you just couldn't stop him. He hit two three-point shots, and they fouled him on the third, made all three, three free throws, stole the ball from Jordan King, finished with a dunk. That was part of a big run that gave VCU a seven-point lead, and they were able to hold on from there. Let's take a listen to Robbie Robinson on the call for the Max Sholga steal and slam that gave the Rams a lead 44 to 37. Here's the call from Robbie Robinson on 910 the fan. Going to the hoop. Oh, Shulga picks his pocket. He's going in for the slam. Oh my! 624 to go, and Shulga shows emotion like we have not seen. 
And then Coach Mooney would make his adjustments, and the Spiders would cut into the lead. They made it six. They made it five after trading buckets. Got the lead down to four. And then a cross-court pass from Zeb Jackson, I believe, to find Kwani Kwani for this three that extended the Rams' lead once again to seven at 50-43. to 43. Zeb guarded by Hunt, drives the lane. Zeb stops, fires it to Kwani. He shoots a three-pointer. Bullseye! Oh, my! Three's starting to come now for the Rams in bunches. Back to seven. And Kwani is now averaging 11 points a game over the past six games. A guy that missed 17 straight three-pointers to start the season is now shooting since then about 50% from three. He's just been on fire. That was a clutch shot. And then the Spiders had to go with their full-court press. And to me, they had a little bit of success with the full-court press. I was going to ask Coach Mooney about that after the game. Does he regret not going to that full-court press earlier in the second half as it caused VCU to cough it up a few times? The Spiders cut into the lead, but then it was Zeb Jackson finding Jason Nelson who took two dribbles and threw it all the way down court to a wide-open Toby Lawall for the dunk. Let's take a listen once again to Robbie Robinson on the call. Zeb dribbles baseline, almost stepped on the sideline, gets to Nelson. Nelson feeds it all the way to Lawall. He catches, and Lawall dunks, and he's fouled! And then one for Toby Lawall as Tyler Harris commits the cardinal sin of fouling Lawall as his height at the dunk, and the Rams lead at 60-52. to I think a big part of the difference also was the Rams' free throw shooting. It has been at an all-time high this season. The Rams hit 18 of 20 to win the Capital City Classic over undefeated in the A-10, the Richmond Spiders. The Rams stomped the Spiders, and you heard it right here on 910 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. When we return, you will hear from Dan Quinn, the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, with the introductory press conference live on the fan. 